believe it or not, you may be causing the issues for yourself when it comes to closing the deal because you're scared to talk about the money, because you're scared to have the conversation with the buyer about what the overall investment is. And you have more influence on this than you know. Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from Sacramento, California. Today, today's a fantastic day. I'm coming to you live from the How to Sell Show studios on episode number 188, Overcoming Your Money Fears in Sales. <laughs> like, my money fears? What about my money fears? And I'm going to let you in on a not-so-secret secret. Most of rejection comes around money. And you're like, uh, how does that work? Well, here's the thing. As a salesperson, you may be scared to talk about money. You may be scared to get somebody to make a commitment. You may be scared to talk about the overall investment, however you want to call it. Some people call it the money. Some people call it the investment. Some people call it the initial amount, whatever you've been taught. And the reason why this is a big deal is it screws up the entire sales process. It throws a shockwave through the entire sales process. Uh, salespeople, for whatever reason, tend to struggle with the money. Closers, on the other hand, they don't. When it comes down to it, you have to be able and willing, you have to be willing and able, I should say, you have to be willing and able to ask for what you want in sales and in life. And that includes the money. The money. Let's get to the money. Let's have a conversation about the money. And I see a lot of times when I work with salespeople, especially if they're brand new or if they don't have any, get caught up in the money. Salespeople, when they, when they look, they will start making decisions for the buyer. And if they don't have the money in the bank, they start looking like, well, I wouldn't buy this. I can't afford it. Uh, I don't know what I would do here. I don't know how I would deal with this. So they're very price shy. Now, the nearest thing that I can relate this to, and I relate a lot of sales, is to dating. And, you know, when there's people who are scared to go talk to the opposite sex, there's a weird energy around them. There's like a, a form of neediness. There's a form of, I need attention. There's a form of, it just doesn't feel right. And so when I say that it throws a shockwave through the sales process, it messes everything up. It does. And this is very well related to something that I've, I've taken a look at and talked about significantly. And that is you sell how you buy and you buy how you sell. And if you're caught up in price, you're going to believe automatically the buyer's caught up in price. Now, conversely, if you buy the most expensive thing, you may believe that everybody's going to buy the most expensive thing. And sometimes that works for you and sometimes that works against you. So you sell how you buy, you buy how you sell, whatever way you want to explain it. I don't know. I've got 20 videos on that on YouTube and I've got a podcast about it. It's your programming. It's your operating system. 
So, you know, there's Mac, there's Linux, there's uh, Windows, there's Raspberry Pi, there's tons of operating systems. Well, as a salesperson, you have a sales OS, you have a sales operating system. And it's based upon your life experiences, it's based upon how you act, it's your beliefs, how you see yourself. There's a lot that goes to it, but you sell how you buy and you buy how you sell. That is a big freaking deal. It is. I'll work with salespeople early on back in the day. I was given a presentation, I don't know, 2015, 2016, Kevin Hogan Influence Bootcamp. And I asked the room, okay, you know, and, and understand prices change on products and services. So I said, if you had to save up a bunch of money for a big screen TV, so big screen TVs still back then, they were about two and $3,000. If you had to save up money for a big screen TV, you know, how, how would you buy it? And you have people that go, hey, I value my time. I go in, I talk to the salesperson. Salesperson tells me it's two grand. Bam, here's your money. Two grand. Buy the TV. And you have people who are like, well, I got to shop around. I got to talk to a bunch of people. Guess what? That's your operating system. And sometimes, for a lot of people, that's that's how they they perceive the world. That's how they think that everybody needs to buy. And so if you... As a salesperson, have money about fears. Guess what? You are going to project those onto your buyer. And they may not feel it 100% all the way, but they feel it. They recognize it. They they know what's going on. And so at the end of the day, your, your money fears create your objections. Early on in my sales career, 20 years old, 20, 22, 23, you know, going out and asking for people for money for a life insurance when I first started in the insurance business or for uh, heating and air units when I first started doing heating and air. I had a lot of price reluctance because, you know, I wasn't used to making a ton of money. And so there was fears and reluctancy and thoughts and beliefs like, oh, how do I, how do I quantify these numbers in the back of my head? You know, I, I didn't know what needed to be done. And nobody pulled me aside and said, hey, sales kid, because I was, I was a kid back then. Hey, sales kid, you know, uh, you're, you're causing problems for yourself. You're causing the issues. You're, you're causing some of these things to happen. And hands down, I was. It was me. It was me. So you've got to take a look. And if you're struggling right now in sales, one of the questions asked, is it your price reluctancy? Is it your fear of the money, the moolah, the cash, whatever word you want to, whatever way you want to explain the money? Is it, is it your fear of whatever's being spent? And so your buyers feel your fears. They feel them. And uh, women are a lot more intuitive than men. And I know I'm making a generalization. Simmer down. Pull up your big boy and big girl pants. This is sales, right? This isn't kindergarten. This is the business world. Sometimes you get your feelings hurt. And your your buyers feel what's going on. They, they feel that you are not okay. You've had this happen. You've met with a sales dude. You've met with a sales chick. And you're like, eh, things just don't feel right. So your buyers feel your fears. They know your fears. They do. Like uh, when when you when you say stuff, people like eh, this guy either believes in himself or this girl believes in themselves or they don't. And, and so they hear it in your voice. They see it in your body language. They pick up on it. And price reluctancy is real. I I can't tell you how many times I've ridden with salespeople. They lose the deal. They win the deal. We get back to the car. We're in the office. We're in the home wherever, whatever kind of industry that it is. And I start talking to them about money. Why are you scared about money? I'm not scared about money. Yeah, you are. You are. You're scared about money. No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Tell me your price. You know, give me your price. How much is your price? And it just doesn't roll off the tip of their tongue. And 
They're like, well, why do you think that? Why do you think that I've got fears about money? And it's like, what it comes down to is you talk in circles about your fears. And if you've got little kids, you've got nieces and nephews, you've been around kids for any type of time, there's a point where kids are like, ah, you know what? Candy really sounds good. Candy really sounds good. And so kids might keep repeating things around candy with a non uh, super complicated story. They just keep talking about it. Or if somebody, you have a friend that they're interested in a significant other and that name keeps popping up. That's Stephanie chick. Woo. Why, why you keep talking about Stephanie? Oh, I'm not, I don't, I don't keep talking about Stephanie. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. No, no, no. I'm not talking about Stephanie. And then, you know, Stephanie, this, Stephanie, that salespeople do the same thing about their fears. They start talking about price and terms and they get caught up in things and it's not a normal conversation. It's weird. It's a strange conversation. And for you, you really got to figure out if this is you. Early on in my sales career, this was me. Raising my hand. Hi, my name's Scott. I had price reluctancy issues early on in sales. Hi, Scott. Welcome, Scott. So it comes down to I don't want to ask the buyer or the group or the, the management team for that much money. So maybe I don't show them an option. And a lot of times... A lot of times I will interview buyers after working with salespeople and say, hey, did you really go with the option you wanted or did you want to spend more money? And sometimes people come back and go, hey, I was willing to spend more money. I wanted the other option. I wanted the upgrade. But it would really seem like the salesperson was pushing me down down a level. No, there, there's times where someone doesn't need a higher-end product. There's times where somebody needs a higher-end product. I mean, that's got to be your decision to do the right thing for them. But I'm talking, there's times where salespeople talk their buyers right out of features because once again they're using their operating system they're not looking at it through the lens of the buyer and the things that the buyer would do so if you have this fear of like i don't want to ask the buyer the client the group or whatever it is however you describe your buyer for the money you may have a price reluctancy issue you may have some struggles with looking around hey my product is ten thousand dollars ten thousand dollars that's what the price is that's the investment however way you say it so i'm going to give you a chance Average product, how much is it? Just talk to yourself out loud. It's okay. If you're in the office, everybody thinks you're weird anyway because you're listening to podcasts and you're learning how to give better and they never understand why you're learning how to sell more. You know, to them, they'd be rather talk about the stuff on the TV and, you know, they're looking like, oh, that that guy or that girl, I wish I knew how, they, how I got better. They're they're weird. They're always learning. They're always, yeah, like the people in your office that aren't always learning, they're, they're looking at you kind of weird. All the closers, they know what's up. They know that you're learning. How much is your product? How much? Just say it out loud. What kind of energy do you think it has with it? Sometimes salespeople build too much rapport to avoid getting to the money. I've seen it. I've done it. I have. I'll tell you, once again, not perfect. I like to share my mistakes for a reason. So like sometimes if you're like, why do I, why do I feel like I'm talking about so much rapport? Because it could be you're scared to talk about the money. It could be that, you know, that's the problem. And if it's, if it's not rapport, it could be questions. I... I there are times where salespeople meet with me and they ask me endless questions, build endless rapport. And I'll ask them, are you scared to ask me for money? No, 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 I promise. I'm like, hey, like at some point we got to point that put the dot on the horizon and talk about the money. We got to talk about how much it is. Tell me, how much is your product? Oh, we'll get to that. I'm like, when? <laughs> it's been an hour. Come on, let's go. Let's have this conversation. Chop, chop. So if you have a buyer sometimes that gets impatient with you, it could be because you're building too much rapport. It could be that you're asking too many questions. could be you're more interested in the presentation and the sake of the presentation to say that you jump through every single hoop 
And then at the end of the day, it was to avoid asking for the money or talking about the money. So I'm going to give you a list. Now, don't get me wrong. Let me go backwards here for a second. Don't get me wrong. If you have a presentation, by all means, you should do it. But if you're adding to it like a ton of extra steps, that's what I'm talking about. So how to get past your money fears. Go watch some closers. Closers have a way about talking about the money early on. They do. They, they have the ability to bring up, we're going to talk about money. So one of the things that I like to say is at some point, we're going to talk about budget. And I'm going to ask you about money. And if we can't get to a budget, there's no reason to have a conversation. And to give you a sample, you know, if you want to do something with me, we're going to be talking 15, 20 grand minimum, minimum 15, 20 grand, just kind of giving you a range, throwing it out there. And sometimes people will go, well, that's a little bit past that, you know, the, the, what I want to do. Well, we got options. We can keep talking and we can work it out or you figure out what you want to do. And I'm not doing it to be a jerk. It's just, it is what it is. It's where we're at. But watch talk, watch, <laughs> watch closers talk about the money. It's just, it's like a fact. Like today outside it's raining. So if I said, Hey, it's raining outside. That's the kind of energy that it comes with. Price is 10 grand. It's not, man, the price is 10 grand. No, pass the salt. It's $10,000. Hey, can you open the door? It's $10,000. It's just when you watch people who've been around sales long enough, it is what it is. Uh, turn the lights on. It's $10,000. So see how it's just the money. It's no, it's no negative energy. There's no positive energy. It's just, it's a statement. It's a fact. But it's not an aggressive fact. It's $10,000. No, it's it's just, it is what it is. It's 10 grand. At some point, we're going to have to talk about money. You know, I'll give you some ranges. We can talk about that. Um, and at, you don't do this walking through the door, by the way. You don't like, hi, my name's Scott, 10 grand. No, that's not what I'm saying. There's a time and place. There's a point. You're going to feel it. There's a, there's a point where you know that it's okay to talk about money. And if you watch enough closures, you're going to find where that hits in a report. I can't just tell you how to do everything on how to tell show. I can give you some guidance. I could say, here's some areas that you look within. Okay, here's what you do. You role play at 10 times to a thousand times your cost. If you have a $10,000 product, you, when you role play, you talk it about it a hundred grand. Hey, here's the thing. Love to get you on my widget or gizmo. It's a hundred grand to get started. And you're looking at $2,000 a month. There's a feel when you go, eh, yeah, $2,000 a month. Not that big of a deal. Sometimes you need to role play at a hundred times the cost. Yeah, it's a million dollars, sir. Million dollars. And the reason is, is you start picking up on getting a better energy when you start using a bigger number. And if you got competition that has a bigger number than you, you should really think about why is it that they're okay to ask for that and you're not. You know, you may go, well, my product's better. We just do it for less. Well, why wouldn't you charge more? Well, I never thought about it that way. So some of this comes down to questioning your being. Some of it comes down to questioning why you do things the way that you do. And so being being willing to talk about the money early on shows that you're not scared of it. So remember, not right through the door. You're not picking up the phone. Hi, Scott Sylvan Bell here, 10 grand. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying you walk up, you meet the person, you do your meet and greet. You're like, hey, by the way, 10 grand. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you move it up earlier. If it takes you 30 minutes right now to get to the money, see if you can get there at 15. See what happens. See if you just give them a range. Hey, give you a range of what you're looking at today. So you're not sitting here thinking all day, how much is this going to cost? Here's where we're at. And what you're going to find is a lot of people say, hey, thanks for that. I appreciate it. Now, if you look at psychology and you, you talk about what uh, you, can, you can be doing, there's this thing called uh, priming. Some people call it flagging. 
where you use a higher number. So I teach salespeople who do in-home sales and wear floor savers or, you know, uh, surgical booties to say, man, it feels like I've worn these things a million times. Well, you're not necessarily talking about money, but you're putting a number in the head. And that is a way to overshadow the overall cost. Now, the mistake here is when people overload priming. Hey, you know, I feel like I've done this a million times. Hey, you know, the deficit's at $22 trillion. Hey, like, no, you, you only have to do it once. And it's just really subtle. The mistake is thinking like, I got to go big or I got to go home. No, that's not how it works. Like I found that if you do four times the amount to 10 times the amount with a flag or a prime, whatever way you want to call it, you're going to be okay. It doesn't have to be crazy. You, and like you said, you could use the example that I did. Now, priming could be a number. It could be a phrase. It could be a question. It could be an idea. And if you've ever watched uh, anything like a stage hypnotist, they use priming all the time. There's a movie with Will Smith called Focus. And there's a, there's a guy that's gambling at the, at the, the big football game. And uh, there's a background song on, and they keep saying, woo, woo. And it means 55 in Chinese. And so the player that he was supposed to guess was 55. I'm not spoiling anything. That movie is like five or six years old at this point. But if you haven't seen it, I mean, that's a perfect example for you to watch for sales. It's all about a hustler hustling people. And, you know, people love to talk about what are some good movies for salespeople. Of course, Tommy Boy, I mean, because it's funny. Um, you know, you start looking and start listing off all the, the originals like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. But one of them for you to watch is Focus. Focus, it's a, it's a good movie because they start talking a little bit about priming. So go pick up that movie, go rent it, go watch it. If you haven't seen it for a while, it's, it, I mean, they do a pretty good job of explaining it. And so... One of the things is you could do like a, an agreement statement. Can we agree early on that I can share with you what I need, what you need? So um, I have a phrase that I like to use, and it goes something like this. Look, I've been doing this for a long time, and I got to let you know that at some point we're going to have to talk about the money. Now, here's the thing. I believe in sharing you with you what you need to hear, not what, what you want to hear. And there are people that when I meet with them, they need a $100,000 solution. There's people who need a $10,000 solution. Is it okay with you if I give you the solution that you need, not the one that you want to hear? And like sometimes people will say, yeah, absolutely, that's what I'm looking for. And sometimes people will go, no, there's no way in the world I'm spending that much money. But you know what you do? You keep going. <laughs> it's just a prime. It's a way to explain something. It's an idea. It's a concept. It, it's one of those things where you're like, I'm not afraid to talk about the money. So I met with a guy, I want to say three weeks ago, and we're about five minutes into the conversation. And I said, Hey, look, you know, I want you to be comfortable in this call, but I also need you to know at some point we are going to talk about the money and I'm not afraid to ask you for the amount that you need. And sometimes when it comes to what you're looking for, there's a belief that it's going to be like $5,000 and it's not going to be anywhere near that. It's going to be a lot more money than that. And I need you to be comfortable with that. So like I'm, I'm preemptively striking and saying, Hey, you're going to, you're probably going to have a problem with this money. I'm giving them a label. I'm giving them an idea or a concept. Now, how you do it, that's up to you. I mean, you don't have to use my example. You could take it and modify it and say, hey, I kind of like that. I kind of like that thing that Scott said. I'm going to take it and I'm going to you know, boost it up here. I'm going to make a couple of modifications. But just to have the conversation, hey, look, I'm not scared to ask you for the money. A lot of people in this industry are. They're going to they're gonna believe that like you can only spend a certain amount. But the worst thing to have happen to you is to not spend enough and not have your problem solved. Then you come back and we have to deal with something else later on down the road. So do you want to take care of it 100% right now or 50% right now? 
And most people say, I want 100% of my problem solved right now. Like, it's probably going to cost more money than what you thought. It's just a, nor- a normal conversation. Everybody blows past a budget. Ask a car salesman. Car salesman all the time. What's your budget? 300 bucks a month. Like, <laughs> what are you, 20 years old? No. You know, car payments are going to be seven or 800 bucks a month. And they got to have the conversation. We got to get you to seven or 800 bucks a month to be comfortable, whatever the number happens to be. Okay. If you're like, Scott, 1700. No, I do a thousand. I do 1200. Good for you. I'm just, I have to give you a number. But if you're in car sales, you know that everybody thinks a car is going to be 300 bucks a month for a hundred thousand dollar car. It's just the way that it is. So you have to get used to having the conversation. You have to get used to talking about the money in whatever way you're going to do it. And like I said, if you talk about it at 30 minutes, see if you could talk about it at 15. I've, I've looked at a lot of different sales processes, a ton, different industries, different services, different ways that people do stuff. And at the end of the day, plenty of them could have money move forward. Now, remember, not through the door. That's not the right way to do it. Okay? See if you can place the blame. There's always a, there's always a villain. There is always, always a villain. It is the government. It is the competition. It is shipping. It is how rare something is and you can't get a hold of it. There's always something to blame. Me, people are like, hey, that's a lot of money. I'm like, hey, you know what? You know what's worse than, than you know, spending too much? And you're just going to know it. Not spending enough. Like how many times have you tried to solve something and not spend enough money? Well, I've tried it. Well, tell me about it. Like, you know, open that pain gap. Tell me about the times that you haven't spent enough money. Well, we went and bought this product and then what did you have to do? We had to buy it again. And so sometimes people will say for coaching or training, they're like, I don't want to spend that much money. I'm like, okay, well, either way you're going to pay, you're either going to pay me or you're going to pay for the loss of sales and the loss of leads and the loss of interactions with clients and buyers. So you've got some decisions to make. Like, just see how I'm saying. You've got some decisions to make. I'm like the, I I watched like a lot of um, shows and movies where an expert's talking to somebody and not like in an aggressive manner. They're just like, hey, here's how it is. Here's how it's going to be. How would Matthew McConaughey say it? Like a lot of times when you watch movies with him, he's got pretty good energy about him. So he he was in a movie, Lincoln Lawyer. And there's times in that movie in Lincoln Lawyer where he's just matter of fact and it's perfect for salespeople to watch because there's a lot of parallels between what attorneys do and salespeople do. I am not saying they're the same thing. I'm not saying it's a perfect example. So be aware. Um, people buy into messages. You're in a sales process. You got to realize that. But sometimes they get caught up in what other people do. I had a buddy that bought this and this is what they pay. Like, do you always buy the same thing your friends do? Do you go to the grocery store? Do you, do you do all the same things that your friends do? No, no, no. But you know, they're using that as a ruler. They're using it as a guideline. Uh, I have, I have a, a coach, John Benson guy invented the video sales letter, the VSL. And he has a saying, it's not your fault, but now that you know, it's your responsibility. And it's a perfect word track to use with people, especially in the world of sales. Look, it's not your fault. But now that you know, it's your responsibility, we got to deal with it. And if they agree to it, you're probably going to get a better budget out of them. Now, I got to have the talk with you. You can't just spend money to have the idea to spend money. You really have to do something good for people. There's got to be a good outcome. If you're just selling something to sell something, you're going to get figured out. And there's going to be a problem later on down the road. And so like for me, if I, if I had to say who is the fault for the issue that salespeople have, whose fault is it? Who do I get to blame? Some of it's the buyer's fault because they're nervous and you buy into it. 
Some of it is sales fault because you're just, you, you haven't done enough repetitions. You haven't had enough conversations. You haven't sold somebody something 10 times the amount of what your industry norm is. And some of it comes down to just bad training. I'm going to say there's a lot of bad sales training out there. There's a lot of people out there that, that like they look and they've got a process, they've got an idea, they got a way of saying it that works for them, but doesn't work for everybody else. They haven't just study decision making. They, 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 and, and I'm not saying this is everybody. So like somebody who is a masterful closer doesn't mean that they had to study decision making and learn all this stuff. But there's a there's a lot of fly by night salespeople out there. Look at how many sales books there are out there that just regurgitate information and don't really say anything new. If you go pick up twenty sales books, chances are pretty good. Those 20 sales books are all going to say the same exact thing in just slightly a different manner. There's nothing going to be new in there. There's nothing really going to be exciting in there. There's nothing that's going to be groundbreaking and have you go, oh, I've never really thought about that. It's just they took their idea for a spaghetti recipe and said, here's some some tomato paste and here's some brown sugar. And uh, here's a couple of other things that we're going to put in here, some oregano. We're going to put some garlic. And then everybody's got their own version of spaghetti sauce. But at the end of the day, it's spaghetti sauce. But for you as a salesperson, part of this problem is because nobody's told you. The price reluctancy issue comes from you. So I'm going to give you John Benson's formula. I love this saying. It's not your fault. But now that you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, <laughs> it's your responsibility. It's your belief. It's your issue. You got to deal with this internally. And I just, you know, the tough thing is, is, is watching salespeople lose deals that they shouldn't have because they were scared of price, because they had fears about the money, because they didn't want to get to, here's how much it's going to be. And you have a mission, your homework. You have homework this week. You do. I'm going to, I'm going to assign some homework. Uh, teacher Scott, <laughs> teacher Scott, Proctor Scott, Professor Scott, let's say Professor Scott, is to go watch, go watch a few sales calls. Go watch and see where people are price reluctant. I was on a call today uh, with a very nice person, and they did a demo for a marketing product. And I literally had to say, great, let's talk about the money. <laughs> I literally said, great, let's talk about the money. How much is this thing? And the person was kind of shocked. They're like, um, um, and I was like, I don't know. I got somebody on the phone right now on my Zoom call. I got somebody on Zoom call, not a phone call. I got somebody on Zoom here who's price reluctant. And so it was 300 bucks a month starting for the basic level. It was $600 for the next level. It was 999 for the top Mac Daddy level. And I said, okay, well, what's the difference? And there was a bunch of price reluctance. Oh, well, it's $300 for the basic. It wasn't like, hey, sir, it's 300 bucks for the basic. Here's all the cool things that you get with it. By the way, the next level up comes with a couple extra features that really benefit you. And the Mac Daddy version with everything in it is going to be, uh, you know, pretty close to $1,000 a month. But based upon everything you told me, that's the right answer and the right solution for everything that you're doing. No, it was like, I really don't want to talk about money because I'm not used to it. And asking somebody 300 bucks a month for a continuity program for a marketing campaign, that sounds like a lot of money to me. And I, I'm not... Understand, I'm not being mean. I'm not trying to, to to cause a lot of problems for the person. The person was really nice. They gave a good presentation. They did really good. They answered the questions, but they had a lot of price reluctancy. They had a lot of internal issues, and I could see it. And, you know, I, I looked at, and I was like, this is a good product. I like it. Uh, but it, was, it wasn't, there was, there was a lack of confidence. There was a lack of, like, you know, this is the right thing for you. I didn't even hear that. There was, there was no, like, I think this is the right thing for you. 
it was like, I'm kind of scared to talk about the money, the tone, the pace, the pitch, everything changed. The frantic nervousness, you know, now that I think about it, that, you know, it just like, there was a lot of confidence in the presentation and a lot of good energy. And then I said, Hey, let's talk about the money. Let's, let's do the elephant in the room thing. Let's throw the turd in the punch bowl, whatever way you want to explain it. There's a lot of different ways to explain it. So you, you have an assignment. <laughs> Long story short, got a little ADD moment right there. Long story short is you got to figure out how to get to the money. So you're going to go watch some people talk about a presentation and ask yourself, could they move, could they move the money conversation up? Could they, could they bring, could they talk about the money earlier? Could they give an example of ranges? Like, what am I looking at here? I don't even, I, I don't even know how to make sense of this in my head. What am I looking at? Could, could, could they, could they, could they, uh, could they interact and say, hey, here's what a monthly payment could be? And I know that there's plenty of training out there. Like, don't talk about the money early on. You're going to create an objection. I promise you, whenever you're buying, whatever they're buying, whatever your buyer's buying, they're thinking about the money. How much is it? Do I have enough money to buy it? Do I have enough money to do it? So go watch, go watch a couple of processes. Uh, go see how it's going to be. But what you're going to find is a lot of, of presentations that you watch, you probably go, they could have moved that, that conversation up a lot sooner. And they could have been a lot more confident about it. So when you go look at a car, they have the sticker on the window. It's very obvious. The Moroni, whatever, whatever you know, the sticker of the Moroni, the government word is the Moroni. Whatever way, that, that number is there to bring it into the obvious. This is how much the car is. There's no beating around the bush. It's right there on the window. You could use that to your benefit. You're looking at this car. Yep. You like it. Hey, let's talk about here's where the sticker's at on it. And they're going to like, oh, there's no way in the world I'm paying sticker for this thing. Like at least you're having the conversation. You're getting out in the open. You're not stuck on here's what it is. And so someone's like, why would I pay that much money? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's talk about it for a second. There's a lot of different ways to segue into it. But like I said, you don't have to, you don't have to walk up and say, let's talk about money. That's kind of a weird thing. That's unusual. Hey, let's talk about the money. I don't even know your name, sir. It's Bob. Bob. Bob, let's talk about the money guy. I'm sure that there's probably a guy on a full moon on a Wednesday that could get away with it. But your price reluctancy, the thing for you to know, your price reluctancy is costing you deals. Your price reluctancy is is losing you income. And you got to get used to being able to talk about how much something is, how much the monthly investment is, how they're going to pay for it. Now, am I saying to say it right through the right through the gate? No, because that's silly. I'm saying at some point, though, you got to get to the money. You got to have the conversation. And the sooner you do it, the better. But just don't do it right through the door. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.